Hey guys, welcome to another um, episode of Upside Down, uh, episode three, I believe. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. We're gonna have to check that later, but yeah, it's episode three. It's been a while, but we're back. Yeah, yeah. Um, after after we recorded our last episode, we ended up getting sick. Me first, and then Ryan got it. Then after that, we just decided to take a little break to pray and do a little bit more studying. Uh, go even more detailed. Um, I think we even bought a whole bunch more books. Um, did a whole lot more studying. Um, and it's 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 almost been a year, hasn't it? No, it's only been about six months. But I mean, still, it's it's Look, been a while. After you round up, yeah, <laughs> it probably feels like a year with everything going on and all that with uh, you know with the regime in the White House and everybody getting sick and recovering from covid and all that stuff and then we have another round of it coming around supposedly but who knows what's going to go on you know so but definitely uh back in the recording and uh just uh, excited to get this uh, thing started again absolutely um just for clarity's sake i'm your host nick and i'm the other host ryan and we are hopefully back for good. We're gonna we're gonna try to keep it very consistent. Um, hopefully, maybe every two weeks or once a month. We'll see how this goes, how our studying goes, because our schedules are still pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. We are still gonna be working on the Ten Commandments. We're gonna do another in-depth intro into the Ten Commandments, and then. Hopefully today we'll we'll just start on the first one and then get right on to that. We'll 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 be talking about scriptures and uh, um, almost everything that's been going on in our culture right now, which seems to be seems to be uh, spiraling down. Honestly, yeah, yeah definitely. And uh, also keep in mind as we go through uh, everything, we just need to make sure that um, we're keep on looking up, and keep praying. And, and everything too so make sure that we're keeping God first in all of this and everything that we do in our lives and that's the main thing right there is uh, it's just to make sure we keep God first in everything that we do so and uh, also going through uh, the Ten Commandments and just doing uh, this episode's probably gonna be probably gonna be a little bit longer than uh, some of the episodes that we're gonna do just because of the fact that we're just trying to do a recap on what this podcast is going to be about and how we're going to look at the Ten Commandments and also give the Marxist 180 view of what the Ten, of how they quote unquote view the Ten Commandments and how uh, their view is actually antithetical to the Bible and how they actually want to destroy uh, Christianity. And also, uh, think further on down the line, what we're going to do is that we're going to uh, look at specific books and everything, possibly some books uh, by um, by um, Mark Levin and some other books too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do some in-depth studies on uh, some of the utopian novels and everything, or dystopian novels too, and uh, get those get those going. So, because uh, not everybody. In uh, in the church and uh, and even in the secular world, uh, knows a lot about what's going on as far as the uh, dystopian novels like uh, 1984, Brave New World. Um, there's also a few others that we're going to go into and everything. So we're going to do that in light 
of a biblical perspective, but also um, we're going to do a spinoff podcast too of a biblical exposition where we're going to go through and show everything that's going on now and how it relates to the Bible and everything too. So we're really excited about that too and uh, we're going to get that off the ground too. And this is kind of going to be a crossover between both of those podcasts and everything. So It'd basically be a, a, a heck of a lot more detailed than this one, I'll say that. We need to, as soon as we get that going and um, <clears throat> up and ready and all that, but for now we just got this one. Um, but I... But to your point, which you just said, um, is like a lot of people don't know what's going on. It's uh, it's pretty alarming. I, I find it extremely alarming. Um, people are just like going about their business, not really. Uh, they're they're not really realizing um, anything's changed. Um, honestly, I've been reading. Uh, um, a book by Eric Metaxas lately, um, Letter to the American Church. I'd actually recommend it. It's a fantastic book so far. It's really opened my eyes. Um, Any book by Eric is awesome. Yeah, he's he, he's amazing. My next book on him is probably going to be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And uh, Excellent book. Yeah, yeah. And to that point, I feel like we're in another one of those cross-sections in history to where the church is under attack to the point where um, we're seeing God's judgment now, mm-hmm. um, and we're we're living in we're living in it. It's not enough to where it's just like it's or it's one thing to look at history and go like, oh man, this stuff's horrible. I can't imagine what it'd be like to live through all that and uh, to put our place in those people's shoes. Um, until you realize that we are living in that right now. We're just living in a a modern version of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's harder to see. There's a lot of people that are blind to it. But if you look closely and hear, and hear close enough, you can see there are members that are screaming about it. They're raising the alarm bells. People like Eric Metaxas. Um, all the, John MacArthur. Yeah. Um, who else? in the evangelical realm and it's very difficult to find some of the people in the evangelical realm uh there's some guys that uh charlie kirk has had on his show a uh uh, gentleman john um his last name escapes me but he just wrote a book called erased and i know who you're talking about yeah yeah uh he's uh he's sounding the alarm bells um and um in anything uh, dealing with uh, epic times, uh, they're sound, uh, they're majorly sounding alarm bells on a lot of things, um, and so that's pretty much. It's just so it, so many people these days um, with the fact that even within the church, it's the devil's plan to completely eradicate the church because he hates anything dealing with God and so it's actually ironic that you have very few people within the church that are sounding the alarm bells and the and the church is even accepting some of this ideology into the church and you can't you just can't can't mix the world and can't mix the world with the church 
um, I think it was one of the guys on, uh, what was that documentary? The uh, Enemies Within the Church, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Where he actually said, uh, said in order to, in order to make scripture fit into critical race theory, you have to twist scripture in order to make it fit. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of pastors are doing right now, is that they're twisting scripture in order to fit this ideology. And you just can't, it's it's not working. And the Southern Baptist Convention is the last bastion of uh, Protestant religion that hasn't fallen to it, but it is falling to it at a very rapid pace. Mm-hmm. So I think it's vitally important that we get the truth out to people and help them to understand that what possibly some of their pastors are saying is not exactly the truth you know at this point at this point in history we have to be the Bereans that are talked about in in acts where we search the scriptures to find out what is true and match that against what the preacher uh, what the preachers are saying from the pulpit because it's just like I think it's in Ecclesiastes. It says there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. This is all. This is this is just the same stuff, but it's just repackaged. And and how you know it's repackaged is because it comes from the wordsmith himself. It comes directly from Satan. Mm-hmm. So we got to make sure that uh, that that we're staying protected. We got to make sure that we t- uh, speak the truth to people. Because unfortunately, a lot of churches are not doing that right now. And you wanna you wanna talk about alarming? It's like I uh, I have no trouble saying that again. Like it it is it is alarming. Um, just uh, people that call themselves men and women of God, people that are actually pastors. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be the shepherds and leaders of these people's e- eternal lives, really, mm-hmm. and they are they are twisting scripture and even going as far as adding their own yeah. um, in extreme cases. And well, that's, that blows my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look at, look at what's going on with, um, who, uh, who is it? Uh, there was in the documentary enemies within the church. There was a saying by one, uh, by a, um, by a college president that said, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing, you're able to spot right away. But he said, but he said a shepherd in wolf's clothing. He said you can't you can't spot him because of the fact that a shepherd is the pastor who shepherds the flock, and you want and you and you look to them for spiritual guidance and everything. And you know the one and the one person that comes comes to mind, and I don't care calling him out, is Raphael Warnock. I mm-hmm. mean, from Georgia, and uh, then also you got uh, you know you have. Um, the governor uh, candidate uh, Stacey Abrams too you know she's you know both of them are I guess you kind of call them shepherds in wolf's clothing too because of the fact that you know you have Warnock who's a pro-life quote-unquote pro-choice pastor but my question comes in how can you reconcile your pro-choice especially back in Exodus 21 where it actually specifically states that if two guys are quarreling and one of them strikes a woman who is pregnant, he's to be put to death. 
orbit yet how do you reconcile that with the fact that you know the children that are being sacrificed to the god Molech that's how come Israel I think the southern kingdom went away to to the Babylonian captivity because that sin was so heinous it's the same it's the same thing except just repackaged Mm -hmm. but then also at the same time let's fast forward to the New Testament whenever uh, whenever Elizabeth's cousin Mary was pregnant with Jesus went to visit Elizabeth and John in his mother's womb leapt for joy whenever Jesus came into the presence uh, came into the presence of John so how, how do you how do you reconcile that uh, you just can't because at that point you're twisting scripture to fit your ideology so but not not to get down that rabbit hole or anything. That's a that's a discussion for a later time. But. Yeah, we will be having that discussion too because that's because so. the, they they seem to like pandering that stuff. So we 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 absolutely will call them out, set them in their place. But then again, that's where uh, that's where Dennis Prager always says if everybody would if uh, if everybody would obey the Ten Commandments, there would be no need for government self protection or anything. But with that segue, let's go ahead and head right into the intro for the first commandment. Absolutely, we can do that. Oh, um, and the the guy that uh, Ryan mentioned on Charlie Kirk's podcast, his his book is called Erased, Uncovering the Lies of Critical Race Theory and Abortion by John K. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to butcher his last name. It's uh, Emma Kachuwu. I think so, Amakachu. Uh, yeah, that that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, it sounds like sounds right. We're gonna we're gonna go at that. So forgive us if we butcher your name. If you ever happen to listen to the podcast, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's on my next buyers list. Um, but anyway, let's get into the, the intro. Would you want to go off of that a little bit? Because yours seems a uh, to be a little bit more well put together. Yeah, we can. So, okay. but um, you know, uh, just a little bit of background on on the Ten Commandments. So, like we said before, this podcast, what we're going to do is that we're going to start out with the with the Ten Commandments, and this one here is going to be uh, this episode is going to be a little bit extended. So, um, uh, we're going off of, of course, the Bible, Exodus twenty. Uh, we're also going off of a book by uh, Dennis Prager called the Ten Commandments, and we're also utilizing another book by Leadership Ministries Worldwide called What Does uh, the Bible Say About the Ten Commandments, I believe is the title of the book. Mm-hmm. It is. And uh, that's it. Uh, and for those of you out there who want to uh, um, do an in-depth study on that, that's actually part of where we're pulling uh, a lot of our information from as, in addition to uh, information from uh, several different study Bibles and all that too and also uh, Dennis Prager's book as well so but um, one of the things that they point out in the book from leadership uh, ministries is saying that you know the mo- uh, the Ten Commandments are the most important document that has ever been written for mankind and that is uh, it's very true because look at how it's guided our nation and um, look at how it's guided other nations as well. And um, 
what they talk about in uh, that particular portion of the book is that they talk about how the nations who use the uh, Ten Commandments as a guide uh, flourish and are blessed and everything. But at the same time, uh, the converse of that is true as well. And uh, they, what winds up happening is that whenever nations or societies move away from the Ten Commandments and everything, and they start, uh, and they start using their moral compass rather than God's moral compass, which is what the Ten Commandments are are about, they start uh, falling, and it's due in that country or society is eventually due to uh, due to failure because the morality is based off of man's uh, man's morality and not god's and uh one of uh one of the books that comes to mind is the book of judges back in uh, judges twenty one twenty five, i think it is where it says uh um in that uh every man did what was right in his own eyes during that time and what that's talking about is is that israel had no king at that time and so everybody and we probably gonna get a whole bunch of emails about this and you're taking that verse out of context um, and, but that I'm using that as an example of what, of what's going on in our country because of the fact that people, I mean, just look around you, look at, look at the crime that's going on. Look at, uh, look at the, uh, cities, how they're in absolute ruin now because people, uh, you know, people aren't, uh, people aren't obeying the 10 commandments. So we have uh, we have to look at it that way in the sense that uh, people are pretty much in the same boat that um, that Israel's in right now, or uh, Israel was in at that time, where we're doing everything that's right in our own eyes. And um, I think uh, I think possibly, and I heard Dennis Prager say this. Sorry, you're gonna hear us reference him a lot because that's the main book that we're using. Um, I heard Dennis Prager say this a lot that he could trace the moral and cultural decline to a specific date in American history. And at the same time, what uh, I'll take it even a step further. I'll say that, that the moral and cultural decline actually pertains to several dates within, uh, within the framework or within the societal um, norms of our society in the sense that where our society started breaking down and everything. Uh, and one of those is um, in June 25th, 1962. Uh, it's called Engel versus uh, Vital, if I'm saying that correctly. And what that Supreme Court decision uh, did is that it, it ruled that the school district's decision to have students say a prayer aloud at the start of each school day uh, violated the Establishment Clause of the First of the First Amendment, which uh, prohibits Congress from establishing a state religion. And uh, also there's another one that came in too, and it wasn't even a year later, uh, on June 18, 1963, in uh, Abington School District versus Shemp, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that mandatory Bible readings, uh, which the plaintiffs uh, Ellery Shemp and Bill Murray, I hope it's not the actor, I don't think it was the actor. Uh, I Bill wouldn't Murray. think so. Uh, ref, uh, refused to participate in each day uh, in each day mandatory Bible reading, which all, uh, which was also a violation of the First Amendment, stating that state-sponsored devotional Bible readings in public schools 
constitute an impermissible religious exercise by the government. In other words, state-sponsored religion. And um, it's uh, I'm of the belief, and I completely agree with Dennis, is that uh, is that it was some of these landmark cases that uh, SCOTUS ruled on that actually started the moral decline of the U.S. and actually started us down this path of actually getting away from our moral compass, which is the Word of God, which has the Ten Commandments in it. And um, so just to be clear, those cases are were our points to where they started taking God out of schools, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... So what you have, so what you, it's kind of like in, in what, what, uh, the Overton window, what Charlie Kirk refers to all the time, mm-hmm. where something that, uh, that doesn't seem, uh, seem plausible, uh, keeps shifting to where eventually it becomes accepted and then eventually it becomes the norm mm-hmm. or something like that. And there's a couple more steps in there. I forget what the, I forget what the steps are, but steps to normalize uh, things yeah and so it's kind of so it's kind of like it it's kind of like a sliding kind of like a sliding ruler mm-hmm. i guess you would say where on one end you have it completely unacceptable and then you have the complete other extreme where it's part of society and it becomes just a norm of society mm-hmm. and there's several steps in between there too i forget i forget all the steps i'll have to look it up later but it uh, you know the left worked on that and so eventually what's happening is that you're starting to move people away from the norm that was over here at one point using God as the moral compass, using the Ten Commandments, using God's word as the moral compass. And now it's starting to swing to the point to where it's man's moral compass that actually does, uh, that is the uh, guiding principle. And, you know, a landmark case again, Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, January twenty second, nineteen seventy three, where it actually legal uh, federally legalized abortion, and um, and then you know the one thing one thing that comes to mind with that is the fact that uh, is the fact that it was at that point I think personally that this is just my opinion that the heinous sin of abortion was actually actually started to what's the word I'm looking for um, started us on a trajectory like a dark path uh, like a dark path exactly um, that eventually God's divine judgment would come down on this country and you know man in his uh, in his pride and his arrogance thinks that oh you know you can do whatever you want to, and there be no consequences for it. But in God's eyes, um, yeah, there there is going to be consequences for it. Mm-hmm. And because uh, Nick and I both are of the uh, are of the belief that you know life begins at conception, period, of the story. And uh, for them to kill innocent babies like that, I mean, we can go into absolute horrifying details. Uh, there's a podcast that Charlie Kirk just did the other day with a guy by the name of Seth Gruber about abortion, which I highly recommend. It's brand new. I think it came out uh, last Sunday, as a matter of fact. And uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's it's really good. He's uh, Seth Gruber has a firm firm uh, handle on 
on abortion. He can definitely, and they go, and they even have a Q and A in there too that actually goes through a lot of good stuff, uh, a lot of good questions. And Seth Gruber gives some fantastic counter arguments to some of the questions and everything too. But um, I hear a future episode coming. <laughs> but uh, you know, in just like uh, in in God's eyes, uh, the children children are a gift. And so whenever the, hein- whenever the heinous sin of uh, abortion was actually legalized in this country, it's kind of, kind of going back to uh, King Manasseh in uh, 2 Kings 21 where, um, where he turned Israel away from God and they were doing child, uh, child sacrifice. And, uh, you know, it got, it got too, it got, I think he reigned for 50-something like years or something. I think it was like 56 years or something. Sounds about right. A long time. Um, and his his sin that he put, that he cast on the nation was just so heinous that God could not relent on his judgment. I think it was Paul that said, even if Abraham or, um, I forget who else, um, even if Abraham or some somebody else made intercession for the nation that God could not relent on his judgment. I remember reading that. I, I can't remember who he, uh, who he said as well, but I, I remember him, him saying that. But he, you know, you wanted to, but you want to know where, uh, where I actually got that from was a, uh, was a recent episode on uh, grace to you by John MacArthur, where he actually talks about Gavin Newsom uh, projecting that sin and using uh, and using a Bible verse to to uh, project his sin across the nation of abortion. Like uh, I think I think the verse was is like love your neighbor uh, as yourself or something. Mm-hmm. To and John MacArthur was like no 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 you yeah, and that that's that's why I love John MacArthur man because he's just he he's he just draws a line. He's just like no. And, that, and and we need more pastors like that. It's we just do. it's just like where 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 are the re- where is the rest of these pastors speaking out about this? They're nowhere. It's kind of, it kind of kind of makes uh, it kind of brings me back to my point what I said earlier about uh, the point to where we're at. It reminds reminds me of Dietrich Bonhoeffer back in Germany because he was really one of the only ones that were raising the alarm. And he. He saw what was coming. He saw an anti-Christian, anti-Semitic tyrant coming up through the ranks and about to be Supreme Chancellor. Um, and he tried to warn the church uh, about what, what was coming and what could happen. And the church was just, uh, it was, they basically waved him off saying, oh, it's not going to happen. This, no, you're just an alarmist. You're just, um, you, um, you're just uh, making up stuff or whatever they had said. And then what winds up happening? The ovens, concentration camps, mm-hmm. mass killings. Yeah. And by the time they opened their eyes, and they're just like, "Oh, we need to do something," it was it was far too late. The American church is saying the same exact thing right now. They're saying, "Oh, that'll never happen here." Really? And a lot of and a lot of the pastors that are raising the alarm bells, just like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, a lot of these pastors are being looked down on and being uh, uh, ostracized. Yeah, basically, and as as like right wing crazies or mm-hmm. something. And it's not like we're 
It's not like we're trying to get all political and all this type of stuff going like, oh yeah, vote red. Like we're, we're right ring or something. No, we're, we're scripture believing, um, followers of Christ. It's like, it's, it, it just, uh, it's not like we're, we're right wing. Like I, I really hate that term. I've come, I've come to really hate that term now. Cause it's just like a really black and white type. No, we just want to conserve life. We want to conserve what God has given us and everything. Yeah. So, and that's, and unfortunately there are forces at work that want to bring this country down, i.e. Democratic Party. In other words, the Marxist communist of the United States. So, um, but you know, and it's just, they're, I mean, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get so we're gonna go down deep into uh, Marxist philosophy and everything. So we definitely I'm saying this right now. We definitely need your all's prayers because that's some uh, really really dark stuff. That um, but at the same time we uh, we're also going to shield ourselves and protect ourselves with the word of God and everything. And uh, and you know it's just and these people want to bring the country down literally i mean that's one you know that's one thing i do have to hand it to him about and as charlie kirk always says he goes i gotta hand it to him they tell you exactly what they want to do but a lot of people will say oh no 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 that'll they they don't mean that oh yeah they do just look around you they've destroyed our institutions Mm -hmm. they've destroyed the colleges they've destroyed the schools they're going after the children now you're talking about even worse yeah. things too now. Yeah, and so uh, and and so you know we're and look at uh, just look around us. We're in some of the most biggest financial debt that we've ever uh, that anybody has ever seen in the history of this country or in the world, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. You know we have uh, you know our country is morally depraved, mm-hmm. uh, and again you know. It, Everything, everything's at a all-time high. You know, crime, all of it. You, you know, you name it. Everything's at an all-time high. Almost as if, and we we do believe this that we are living in in the time to where um, God's starting to withdraw His hand from America. Yeah, we're starting to divine the judgment. Yeah, hit, we're um, and in a sense, we're starting to lose His blessing, and it in. To what Ryan was saying earlier, to those different court dates, those defining court dates, you should say is when really it kind of started, started things. Cause mm-hmm. like uh, that's that's when we started giving God the middle finger, saying, "Hey, we got this. We don't need you anymore." And that's yeah. one of the bis- biggest mistakes a society can ever make. If you don't believe me, go look at Israel. Look what happened with them. They started doing the same thing, and God called them out on it. Yeah, Old Testament, but and then also at the same time. But you also have to look at what is going on with, uh, uh, with the World Economic Forum too. Look at uh, the transhuman transhumanism movement. That's a tongue twister there. Yeah. Uh, how they're wanting to pretty much um, mesh man and machine together, and uh, create the create the super uh, the superhuman and all this and. And all that it's just it, it's crazy stuff i mean we're gonna get into it too uh because we got books on that too 
So, I mean, it's, we're, we're definitely moving away from the guiding post of the Ten Commandments if we haven't already moved away. And, um, you know, even uh, SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States, uh, ruled that, um, I think it was in 2005, yeah, 2005, that, uh, that framed copies of the Ten Commandments in two Kentucky courthouses could, uh, could not no longer be uh, on display, but they could keep a six foot replica or a six foot monument of them outside on the grounds. And I think right there, whenever you take out the Word of God, it's kind. Of, I think I think it was kind of like uh, I think it was kind of a, a, a symbolization of the fact that we've removed God from every aspect of our society now mm-hmm. we've removed god from the schools we've removed god from government we've removed god from the law and now what's the guiding post what's the guidepost you know it's man's morality hmm. jesus warns us about that he warns us that you know in matthew fifteen nineteen that uh, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. That sounds familiar. Man. And this was written over 2,000 years ago, man. Yeah. Yeah, and people say that the Bible's not relevant today. But then you also, but then you also still have pastors that'll say that the Ten Commandments are not, uh, that are, they'll have, you'll have pastors that'll say, that the Old Testament is not relevant. Okay, so well then, how do you reconcile the fact that Jesus used? To, uh, what do you think Jesus preached from? He knew he he is the Old Testament. He's the, he is the New Testament. He's the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John one fourteen. So, my question to those pastors is: How do you reconcile the fact that Jesus quoted the Ten Commandments? Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy. Also, and take it even further: How do you reconcile? Uh, how do you reconcile the fact that? Um, Jesus is the word in flesh so you're saying that Jesus is not relevant just by just by simple logic or take them literally we can say half of Jesus isn't relevant or yeah. something. but we might as well just say the whole thing because that's that's pretty much what they're doing at this point pretty much and you know and it's just and you know the one the, the one thing that we have to keep in mind is the fact that uh, it's that God not only gave the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, but He gave it to all of mankind. And so I think, and I think, whenever mankind actually, again, go back to what Dennis Prager said, if man would obey the Ten Commandments, there would be no need for government. There would be no need for self-protection. Everything would function according to how it's supposed to function. How God designed it originally. Exactly. Anyway. But unfortunately, the fall happened and man is corrupt at the heart. And I mean, just look, look at how, look at how uh, the short time frame that it took from the Garden of Eden to mankind being destroyed by the flood. How, how many chapters was it? Three? Yeah, it wasn't long at all. What, what wasn't long at all before Noah, before Noah and the flood, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. My apologies, but um, it was within the same book. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, the one thing, uh, the one thing is, is that, uh, is that, 
we got we got to keep in mind that as we're going through this, that uh, the Ten Commandments is just absolutely God's moral uh, guidance, and there's uh, also a couple other things. Not not have gotten down a few rabbit holes and everything, but as we go through this, we want you guys to keep in mind that uh, that first of all, um, and we got we got to look at the relationship of the Ten Commandments uh, as we're going through. Like the first four is. Uh, man's relationship to God and then the last six deal with the fact that uh, deal with man's relationship to others mankind mm-hmm. so our personal relationship with other with other human beings so we got to keep that in mind as we're uh, as we're going through and then on top of that um, and we have to also notice the, the wording of each commandment and that's what, and that's one of the things that uh, that unfortunately we don't have the uh, we don't have the study tools to do it, but we can kind of rely on other uh, other studies to do it as well. But um, look at the word structure and everything, and um, you see how you see how each one of the uh, Ten Commandments has you have. Um, I think it's eight negatives and two positives and each one of those implies the exact opposite mm-hmm. so so say uh, for instance um, you know the negative commandments imply the positive and then the positive commandments Im- imply the negative side of it so whenever they say um, oh, what's what's the one I'm thinking of um, honor your father and your mother mm-hmm. so what that uh, so that is a positive commandment so what it is saying is that it, do not disrespect your parents goodness gracious that's just rampant today isn't it yeah it is it's almost encouraged too yeah yeah but see then again that goes back to again we're going to address this whenever we actually go over that uh, commandment Again, that's the Marxist philosophy and ideology trying to break up the nuclear family. So, just a little bit, just just a little bit of uh, trivia there. Yeah. But uh, also, we got to keep in mind that uh, the the Ten Commandments are moral absolutes. There's no there's no if ands or buts. And uh, I picked this up from uh, from the book from Leadership Ministries. I'm I'm gonna give credit where credits due. And uh, and you know the one and the one thing that they break down there is how it's uh, how they're written. So it's written uh, the each one of the commandments is written in the uh, second person singular you. So it's it's implying not only uh, to you specifically, but it's also implying to you the society or the country in which you in which you dwell in. So. Uh, keep that in mind as we're going through and everything so and and the irony of it is and as and I thought of this as I was doing I was doing a study you know as God's writing it on the tablets for Moses to bring to the Israelites mm-hmm. each one of those commandments that he wrote on those tablets instantly applied to Moses did you ever think about that I haven't think of it uh, in in that sense. No, not that specifically. It's kind of a kind of a mind opener on that one. Yeah, yeah. 
So each one, so each one of those uh, applied to Moses as well, even though he was God's mediator between Israel and uh, and God. So. But we need to we need to still keep keep it in mind that he was still human. He still wasn't perfect, even though he was exactly he was the, the mediator and he was uh, uh, the leader of Israel at the time. Um. <clears throat> It, and just like that, in that sense, it it um it applies to us as well. Not that I'm saying that like we're all leaders of Israel or something like that, or are on that are on that level or sense. Like it's it talks about uh, uh what is that called uh, when it's uh when it's uh kind of like a sentence, sentence structure or something like that when it's talking about you what is that like second person or something mm -hmm. so oh okay I got it right alright yeah. yeah. English stuff isn't my strong suit you can tell um, it talks in the second person as in like to the person reading it to you personally or to anybody else really and it's 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 permanent like it's it's not supposed to be temporarily it's like oh okay just for the uh the just few years of your life or uh or something similar to that it's supposed to be in effect for for all time to everybody to every nation and it's not just uh it's not just categorized really just to to the jews or the christians it it includes everybody else Just, yeah, just, just, to, my mind just went blank again. <laughs> it's all right, man. We all get that problem, dude. So, I guess are we ready to move on to the first one, bro? I think so. All right, so that was a little bit of a intro to what's going on. A little bit of a rabbit hole there on a couple of things, but hey, that's all right. Um, so, do you want to start off the first one with just like reading it from scripture? Yeah, I got it right here. Oh, okay. You're prepared. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. Come on, bro. Uh, so, um, Exodus 20, 2 through uh, 3 is the first commandment, and it says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. So, again, uh, the Ten Commandments were given, to, uh, were given to Moses by God on Mount Sinai, which was uh, God's mountain. Uh, where his where his dwelling place was uh, whenever he's communicating with with him and um, it's it's ironic that Moses spent forty days up there I didn't I didn't realize how long he'd spent up there it's a long time yeah he spent forty days up there with God receiving uh, the law of God and um, it was the best uh, like we said before is the best moral guide ever and. Uh, and it's taking place, and what's taking place uh, down below at that particular time. And uh, Exodus even goes in uh, goes into this is the fact that uh, the Israelites were down there celebrating and having uh, creating a golden calf at that time. As Aaron, uh, he molded all the gold and everything into a golden calf while God was giving them a commandment to have no other gods before him. 
So that that's irony in and of itself, because of the fact that uh, you have God's people who were supposed to be who are supposed to be obeying God, but they hadn't received His law yet. But the first commandment they were already breaking after He had given it. It shows you how deep their faith went and went. Yeah. It's like when uh, Moses is like, okay, basically he's like, all right, I'll be right back. Let me go confer with God. And they're just like, oh, no, we can't see him anymore. So he's not coming back. So, oh, this looks promising. Let's go ahead and do this. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, I guess you would say they lost their faith, I guess you would say, uh, because he wasn't, because uh, he hadn't come back in a while. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, he's not returning. And there's, and they're like, make us a God that we can pray to and all this. And, you know, they were having that. And the reason why God gave the Ten Commandments to mankind was because of one, uh, was of a three-letter word that's very weighty. And it's called sin. Mm-hmm. It's all because of that. It's all because of the fall in the, uh, in the Garden of Eden when Eve ate of the fruit of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil where they knew what sin was and everything and it was at that point and the master wordsmith actually deceived her to eating that uh eating that fruit so that's how sin entered uh entered the world and then again uh we were we were slaves to sin and we're born into sin again we're, we're getting into we're gonna get into all that in a little bit so but um you know we see we see so much within that first uh within that first verse within the first commandment and uh you know you got you see god's existence you see god spoke and that's another thing that's really interesting is that god is a um that god is a personal god mm-hmm. you know what i mean that he that he speaks he wants to have dialogue with us and uh i just find i just find that interesting that the creator of the universe wants to have a dialogue with us that's just uh mind-blowing he wants it to be personal yeah yeah definitely man. almost it's almost kind of like a, a a human relationship almost where like you you get with somebody in the first thing, it's like you don't want you don't want that person to be with anybody else. I mean, for one thing, it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And another thing, you, you just want it to be personal to the point where it's just, it's like, okay, I'm not with anybody else. They're not with anybody else. We're, we're together. Um, uh, we're together in that sense to where, like, it's just, it's, it's just me and them, you know? And that's how... That's kind of like how he wants to be with us, mm-hmm. and he even he even describes um, his his relationship with Israel as a as a marriage, actually too, uh, which are uh, which are important similarities there. You know, first we have to begin with the uh, overarching statement, uh, the all encompassing statement that God makes. He says, "I am the Lord your God." Um, it's this phrase that reveals who, uh, from whom the following commandments uh, emanate from and on whose authority that these commandments are given. 
It was uh, God's actions against Pharaoh of Egypt that led to the freeing of the Israelites from slavery, um, ten plagues upon Egypt. It is, and that's discussed, I think, back in uh, back in the first part of Exodus. I forget uh, the exact chapters on that. We're gonna have to get chapters on that. So, mm-hmm. but um, it is because of God's actions that God demanded uh, their gratitude and allegiance. He also expects the same of us today because of his gracious gift of salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And um, just like Dennis Prager states on page three, uh, God is the source of uh, all morality, and thus the Ten Commandments are the ultimate moral code by which all of mankind should live. And I don't care uh, who it is, every, uh, every person is innately born uh, with a sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know this is what this is what a lot of people refer to as the conscience, where it literally where it literally means with knowledge. So we're born with an innate knowledge of right and wrong. And um, unfortunately, the Marxists that are infiltrating the church and everything, and the Marxists who are trying to destroy this country, ultimately believe that mankind is good. Yeah, I tend to have a very opposing opinion about that. Oh, for sure. And so, if, if I can interrupt, yeah, man. just add to that. I have an example here, and we, we're we going to have more examples in the future, too. I just happen to see this one and say, oh, this is, this is going to be cool. I have an article here from the Epic Times. Uh, the headline is, Texas Church Introduces Children to Drag Bingo in a Transparent Closet. Um... Some of you probably heard of this. It was a couple of weeks ago. I think it was uh, September 24th, 2022. Um, it's basically a, uh, it's a Methodist church, I believe. And just as the title title entailed, they had a uh, drag bingo with a lot of uh, drag queens and whatnot, which everybody knows is just, just mentally challenged men dressing up as women, thinking that they're women and um gender dysphoria yeah and actually introducing it to children and thinking that it's a hundred percent uh child friendly but it's it's being held at a church and this uh this transparent closet at least according to what they were doing they were just uh they had like a whole bunch of donated clothes like for example they had uh what was it chest straps or something like that chest binders i think what it was basically to where like if uh if a young woman wanted to uh say like hey yeah i think i'm a guy it's like well you need to get rid of your uh your chest so here's a binder to kind of compress them um to make it seem like you're flat chested like a like a man which is uh sick yeah it's, it's sick it's gross it's disgusting what of what they're doing like what they're uh, uh what they're jamming into our kids uh kids minds um and handing out these pens which i was personally insulted about i mean like i'm i'm insulted about this whole thing but like this is kind of like the last straw it's uh they were handing out pens saying not all christians suck and the whole the the word christian is in rainbow letters I guess to uh, kind of make the point where Christianity sucks that we don't 
allow transgenderism into the church or something like that and they're like hey yeah we're transgender like uh friendly here and i i really don't see how you can call yourself a church and be transgender friendly because there's scripture that actually directly calls that out i don't really see in the book of deuteronomy yeah i, I don't really see their uh their logic in that they're, they're, that's just a very very small example I think Dennis Prager wrote, uh, I think he said something like 20,000 words just on um, men shall not wear women's clothing and vice versa. Women should not wear men's clothing. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he said he wrote like 20,000 20, words on that in Deuteronomy or something. It's insane. Yeah. The amount that he wrote on it. So, But then again, it also, also goes back to saying that, you know, morality ultimately emanates from God, not man. Mm-hmm. That should just show you how how really corrupt mankind is at the heart. Mm-hmm. Without uh, without the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, and without Christ accepting Christ as your personal Savior, it should ultimately show how depraved mankind is at the core mm-hmm. and everything. And that and them going after children is just. It's sickening. Yeah, it's, 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 it's on a whole other level. Beyond, it's beyond sickening. I mean, they're, they're they're trying to. A lot of the a lot of this is their their parents and these kids. They're, yeah. they're children are very very malleable, especially this, um, the younger you get. Um, but see, that's but, what Marxists think. They think that mankind's malleable, and we're not. It's either you're depraved, or you know, you have the power of the dwelling power of the holy spirit in you and you've accepted christ mm-hmm. you know they believe that people are you know malleable henceforth you know gender fluidity you know forty-eight thousand different kinds of gender mm-hmm. you know or or you can say programmable like them saying like oh yeah i'm something else like oh well we can just make this one change and there you go it's, yeah. it's almost like they think we're all mr potato heads Exactly. Or something. But see, that also, but see, that also goes back to the fact that, you know, again, it goes back to the first, first commandment because of the fact that God states that you shall have no other gods before me. Satan, what was the twist on scripture that Satan put with Eve in the garden of, uh, in the garden of Eden was the fact that he said that the reason why he doesn't want you to eat the fruit, cause you'll be like him. You'll be like God's. And that's exactly what's going on right now, mm-hmm. is that mankind is wanting to become like, is wanting to be God. That's pride. Yeah. That, that, that's that pride is. in and of itself. That's one of the biggest, you know, that's one of the biggest sins. And Well, I'm, you know what I mean. Yeah. A, a lot Sorry. of these people are just, no, you're good, are just uh, outright coming out with this stuff, too, just like publicly. I mean, it's one thing to just do this and not and just not acknowledge it and then just blatantly deny it. It's like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. We're just uh, doing our own thing here. But it's another if they um, if they come out and say it, the world, the world Economic Forum has been public about this. Uh, their leader... Uh, uh, Klaus Schwab. Mm-hmm. He, and his second in command is he. Uh, I forget what the guy's name is, but he's really big into transhumanism. Yeah. And everything he's saying that uh, not only uh, will we be able to pretty much uh, 
um, fuse mankind and machine, but we'll be able to know what people are thinking before they think it and all this stuff. And it's just in at that point. And, and then on top of that, what they're trying to do is that they're trying, uh, is that they're trying to, uh, I guess you would say, quote unquote, edit the DNA of human beings to the point to where if a person is, say, uh, going to have a, 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 a genetic defect or something, that they can edit that out and create a pretty much a, quote unquote you know, perfect human. A perfect human, yeah. So that number one, that's, that's eugenics. Uh, number two, that's playing God. Mm-hmm. And uh, number three, that's playing God. I mean, they 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 they've clearly said this too. They they want to they want to take God out of the equation exactly, and essentially make us the gods or make us like gods. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that I don't I don't see if you're atheist and you don't recognize the authority of God, why would you? say like oh we're gonna take god out of the equation isn't that a form of kind of acknowledging the authority of god that he is an authority if you're saying like oh we're gonna take god out of the equation i never i never understood that yeah neither have i either so i guess like i said we're gonna get more and more down that down those rabbit holes and everything so we need more notes for those i think yeah but I mean, you know, again, it goes uh, now. Now that we're kind of on that uh, trail of the Marxist one one eighty view and everything, and uh, you shall have no other gods before me, you know, we also have to look at what uh, what God the Father actually meant whenever He said, "You shall have no other gods before me." Mm-hmm. That means uh, that means that anything that takes God's rightful spot yeah, in our lives, it's not necessarily another god uh, yeah. before Him. Um, it also He's also talking about anything that really take our take our attention from God and exactly. anything we give our attention to, like say, um, uh, it could be anything from a person to an inanimate object um, mm-hmm. uh, that we uh, that we have in our daily lives. Like an uh, example would just be like uh, cars, uh, trucks, especially with men. Um, men gotta love their trucks get emotionally attached to them and everything and i i'm i'm just as guilty as that and i have to repent for that uh, myself all the time it's like another god that you can have is your career you can be obsessed with your career um money money that's that's a huge one even the the bible even specifically calls that out like you can't you can't you can't serve money money is the root of all evil well look at it look at everything that happened because of money yeah just recently yeah you know, people, yeah people getting paid off uh big pharma all these other people that are funding all this uh what they call gain of function research on the coronavirus and everything no don't so. get us wrong like these part of it is just just money people just want to get paid they just want to paycheck it's like hey, here's a million dollars you just gotta do this so okay i'll close my eyes and do that i have no issues with that it's not just about money as people would think these people are just plain evil like some, some of them are just plain evil that mm-hmm. do it just just to do it yeah with with uh no end in sight no uh no real motivation uh, except for just uh for the sake of power i guess 
I don't think we'd ever really know why they specifically do it. I try not to think about it um, too much, otherwise we'd, we'd probably go crazy, honestly. Uh, what we really need to focus on doing is uh, them being, I, I think we'd consider those people our enemies. I think I think a very oh, yeah, uh, um, question. Mm -hmm. uh, smart thing to do, or a biblical thing to do for us too, is uh, to keep them in our prayers. So I think that's it's a very, very difficult step for us to do as a humans, as broken humans and as Christians. Um, it's just to uh, to pray for our enemies to make sure that they uh, hopefully one day repent of their sins or they uh, they come they come to know of their sins and repent of them. But this is these are just some of the things that you can run into when you have other things you make other things your God besides God himself. Things that take your attention away from the cross. Everything just goes downhill from there. If you don't believe me, look at history. There's countless um, examples of societies that turned away from God, just like ours, and their actions basically say, like, oh, we don't need God anymore. We just we're smart enough to do it ourselves. We don't we don't need them because we're. Well, look at all the Marxist regimes of past. Mm -hmm. How they've uh, how the leaders of those regimes actually were idolized by the people. As uh, if they were gods. As exactly as if they were gods, and you know, uh, it's just it's just amazing to see that people can get so mesmerized by people. I mean, you know, you have uh, Mao Zedong in um, China. You had uh, Hitler in Germany. Mm -hmm. Stalin. Uh, in Russia. Stalin in Russia. Yeah, yeah, he killed more people than uh, than Hitler did. I mean, you have uh, you have all you have all those Marxist regimes that pass uh, Pol Pot. I think is the guy's name in uh, Vietnam, mm -hmm. or whatever. And look look at all the people that they killed. But at the same time, the people who were buying into their ideology and into uh, into that, they revered them as gods. And I mean, just look at all the statues that went up to those people. You know, uh, you had the one of Lenin in uh, Russia. Uh, there's well course all across Russia probably but uh, even even Mao Zedong in China and everything you know all those statues to these people and one of the things that people have to understand uh, and this is this is where the Marxist 180 view comes into play is the sense, uh, is the fact that you have a Marxist regime that wants to destroy anything and everything dealing with God. That is exactly why they try to eliminate the church or at least remove the church from the political square so that the church is not influencing anything in the political arena. And then what they do is that after they've done that and the church is silent, that's whenever they start doing everything because they have no pushback against the church. Their moral standard winds up becoming themselves. That's where you, that's where you get the Holocaust from. That's where you get, you know, over, I think, Stalin killed 60 million people, I it's think. Something like that. I can't remember the exact I can't, number. I can't remember. Or that might have been Mao Zedong. I'm not too sure, though. I can't, I can't remember the exact numbers. I had a breakdown of it at one time, and I uh, forget what it is, but... Um, like I said, that's the problem with Marxism. It's just that it's the devil's religion. Christianity is God's religion. And unfortunately, mankind sometimes buys into 
the Marxism and that and actually you're actually seeing that being played out right before our eyes in our own country. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you had honestly I I've, I've always believed and Brian does too. You know, being creations of Christ, we were made to worship Him. It's almost like we were made with a hole in our heart that we need that only He can fill. Um, and that we spend our lives in this hedonistic world and materialistic world to uh find something that fills that heart i mean that hole in our heart mm-hmm. so it's almost like we were programmed to worship and you you ever noticed how people tend to worship things all the time that um that makes a lot of promises or temporary promises anymore like a ooh celebrities that's a really good one is people follow them to the ends of the earth and i was just as guilty i was not too long ago i i followed certain people until i uh Till I realize, I'm like, oh, this this person's leading me away from Christ. I can't I can't condone this anymore. Like I I need to I need to let go of this person right here. And it's like there's they don't care about you. They don't they don't even know you exist. But we're give we seem to give them our all, like our whole selves and even even our money. They're getting rich just because of our worship of them. And uh, just like what Ryan says with uh, with with Marxism being the religion of the devil. What is what does the devil want? He wants chaos. That's how he thrives. That's how he gains his power is through chaos and uh, um, leading people away from Christ. You know, hence what he did with uh, Eden. Um, he led both of them down the wrong path to do something with uh, what God had told them not to. You see all these Marxist uh, dictators throughout history. What was the first thing they did? They persecuted the people of faith. They uh, they went after the churches first. A lot of people don't make that connection. A lot of a lot of the examples go back to to Germany of what people make first. Hitler he went after the Christians and Jews first. People don't seem to connect the dots with that. They're just like, oh, he's just a, he's just a bad guy. It's like, no, he was taking out his competition. That's what Marxists do. They they see the church as competition because they are of the devil. And in order for the devil to gain his power, to gain his chaos, is to take out, take out the church first. And that's exactly what they did. And you look at the French Revolution, too. Or infiltrate it. Yeah, that which too. Is what, which is what's going on right now. Yeah, it's, it's almost like they're changing tack. Because back in the day, they just outright went after the church, um, executed the, the pastors, especially in the French Revolution. That's one of the first things they did, I believe. They executed the pastors and their staff. But now now they're not doing that yet. Um, exactly per, yeah, yet, um, per se. They're really just going after the church uh, by infiltration, kind of nudging it in a way to where a lot of people aren't noticing the vast majority aren't really noticing that much, even though they should. They should be paying attention. It's like we said earlier, we have pastors that are slightly changing ideas or uh, little bits of scripture or they're adding it. Well, you got to be careful about that because uh, God gives warnings to people who are tasked with conveying his truth and mm-hmm. with dispensing his truth in the sense that uh, he says uh, don't don't add to his word or take away from his word because 
the wrath, God's wrath will be upon that person. I know that's a complete paraphrase of, uh, of some of the uh, verses, but uh, just, just give you a quick reference on some of those. It was one, one specific verse that actually speaks to that about people adding or taking away from his word is Deuteronomy 4.2. Uh, you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Uh, another verse is Proverbs 30, uh, chapter 30, verse 6. It also says, uh, Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. And the all-encompassing verse, which I think a lot of people say that this verse doesn't uh, only applies to the to the book of Revelation, but I think it applies to all of Scripture because um, it uh, to me it seals Scripture. And uh, that verse is uh, Revelation twenty two nineteen, where it states, "And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his uh, part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book." And um, and I think and I think that last phrase in this book, my per my personal opinion is that it applies to all of Scripture. Old Testament and New Testament it doesn't and I think uh, I think also uh, the reason why because of the distinction uh, that says that John made from the words of the book of this prophecy so revelation is a book of prophecy so I think so I think he uh, so I think he's making the distinction that don't add anything to the book of revelation but I also think he's making the distinction don't add anything to to the entirety of scripture what has been what has been given to mankind through the 40 different authors of the book over over centuries of time that canon is closed it's not to be added to it's not to be taken away from so that's that's just my uh my thinking on it but i don't know did you have anything to add for that uh, yeah, just just the idea that uh, it kind of gives you a little bit of perspective on what his priorities are if he's actually specifically calling something out in Scripture. I mean, you just listed, uh, what was that, three uh, three. Two chapters. of them were Old Testament, by the way. Yeah, which, just, uh, which would uh, destroy the argument. It's like, oh, well, the Old Testament doesn't... Uh, doesn't apply to today. Well, it clearly does there, and in other ways too. That could that could be a future podcast right there that we'd be happy to do. But you also want to you also want to know what else is uh, is really interesting, is that God Himself, I forget, I think it's in Isaiah. I I I'm gonna have to look it up, but God says that He holds His word higher than Himself. So if God holds His word higher than Himself, that's Pretty much saying something. Yeah, there. that's deafening right there. That's uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty profound. And I think I think it was in Isaiah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to find a scripture on that, but I think it was in Isaiah that he said uh, that he stated that. Again, that puts in perspective on just how how important the word of God is, and how important that we should consider it too. Mm -hmm. It's like we 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 need to hold God in the highest esteem too. But if he if he himself considered his word to be above him, then it's just like, oh wow, that's a whole bunch of steps ahead of us. Then we should really we should really hold his his word in, in high esteem and absolutely, um, absolutely not even uh, attempt to add anything to it or mm -hmm. take anything away from it. I think that's 
I, I can't wrap my mind around that. Somebody who's self-righteous enough to be like, oh, well, this is what Scripture says. I really don't like the way it says that, so I'm just going to put this in there. That mm-hmm. should be fine. That'll be great. And then leave their congregation based on what they've added. But then again, it goes back to what I said earlier, is this fact that you can you can identify a wolf in sheep's clothing. You can't, have, you can't identify a shepherd's a shepherd in wolf's clothing. Mm-hmm. Just if that if if that's what if that if that's what that guy said in Enemies of the Church, I can't remember the exact saying. Right, I'm gonna have to go back and look at it because it was it was just such a profound statement. I think we I think we both need to rewatch it again just because how profound it is. And I we'd recommend everybody else um, to watch it too. It's like a, almost I think it's like a hour and fifty minutes or something, mm-hmm. right right under two. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting documentary for sure. It'll give you give you a lot of perspective. Like moral of the story with pastors out right now, we can't we can't really afford to just blindly follow them anymore. Really, we, I mean we have to be Bereans. We have to search the scriptures to see what they're saying is true. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, we and one be- of the things that we really, and one of the things that, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, dude. No, you're good. Uh, one of the things that um, that I would implore people to do is if your pastor is not preaching on the cultural issues that are going on um, in light of a biblical perspective. And what I mean by that is the fact that you have so much stuff that is going on right now. Um, you have... Uh, you, you have pretty much Marxism everywhere. Uh, you have the uh, and Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk goes into a very uh, goes into uh, actually a very depth uh, discussion of this. Is that uh, you know even he admits he was he said uh, he said you know oh the uh, he's just like you know okay I'll uh, you you let me live and I'll let you do your thing and we won't and we won't. Um, we won't clash or anything. Yeah, or anything. and and he's just like, and he said, well, boy, wasn't I blindsided? He's like, and you know, he said, he said, you know, now, uh, now they fought for uh, what was it? Uh, they, I think he said gay marriage, and now uh, he goes, now this whole trans uh, transgender, and now they're wanting to chemical chemically castrate children and all this. He said, he said, he said, it was just, he said, one once you. Um, what, what's that saying once you let the camel into the tent or whatever it's hard to get it out or whatever yeah you know what i'm you know what saying like i'm talking about yeah and uh and so now and so now it it's spreading it's a cancer it, it's spreading to every corner of society and there's not many churches right now uh that are speaking out against it. I know that uh, John MacArthur is speaking out against it. Um, Jack Hibbs, Rob McCoy, uh, the Cal- the Calvary Chapel Church system. I guess is what I guess is what you're gonna, uh, that you would call it because they have Calvary mm-hmm. chapels all across the country. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're on the forefront of this and speaking out against it. Actually, the one that we go to actually has a civics and culture. Uh, ministry there where they're uh, trying to address these very same issues uh, or these yeah same issues that are uh, that are going on to help uh, parents and also uh, your average everyday churchgoer to navigate what is going on and to be able to uh, distill what is truth and what is false mm-hmm. and what is and what is a lie 
and until until you know uh and and again sorry i listen to charlie kirk a lot so excuse me for always plugging his podcast but if you haven't subscribed go ahead and subscribe uh and to ours too and to ours too yeah. <laughs> uh but what he said but what he says is that uh is that uh, i think it was uh he quoted c.s lewis one time he goes how do you know a line is straight unless you have something unless you have something to compare it to mm-hmm. so or so, something to that effect that sounds yeah. right yeah how do you, how do you know how do you know a line is crooked? No 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 that's what it is. How do you know if a line is crooked if you don't have a straight line to compare it to? Oh okay yeah that makes a lot more sense. There we go. That that's what it was. I knew I'd get it sooner or later. But you know and uh, and how do you know what the truth is if you're not being told what the truth is? Mm-hmm. If pastors are not dispensing the truth and they are not preaching the full counsel of the word of God, that is one of their duties as pastors is to shepherd the flock. Is to teach their flock. Mm-hmm. Is to ha- is to help their flock understand the truth. They have to be able to distinguish what is truth and what is false. And if the sh- and if the pastors aren't doing it, then how are, then how how are the churches how are people going to know what the truth is? It makes a heck of a lot more difficult. You know, I, I can't I can't imagine. That's how come I say everybody needs to be Bereans right now. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And who who was it that we listened to that actually said that? I forget. It was somebody that we listened to that we both listened to all the time. Oh, I don't know. Was it I Daniel Horowitz that said that? It might have been. You know, that, that's we have, that we have to that we have to be Bereans, and we have to search the scriptures. Or it might have been Charlie Kirk. I don't, I don't know. But Maybe one of those. Yeah, one of those two. But we have to be Bereans. Every everybody that sits in a church uh, right now that listens uh, listens to a pastor every Sunday, even people who even people who sit under uh, John MacArthur and Rob McCoy and Jack Hibbs and everything, they would want you to go search the scriptures to mm-hmm. keep uh, to hold them accountable. They encourage it. Yes. So, as believers, we need to exactly. Everybody needs to. Have a Bible on their nightstand and read it every night. You need to you need to be in Scripture every single day. It's not enough to just be to get your. Uh, I'll be the first to admit it. I haven't I haven't been I haven't been that myself. But you know, oh, after yeah, we're doing this, after after getting back into it and everything is you know, it's it's time to become a Berean. I was a Berean once before. Mm-hmm. No, I was just joking. But uh, if. Uh, if, if you guys want, we can probably have another um, podcast in the future talking about just some of the books that we have that, or that we recommend to help study. Um, you can, you can to, to help, I think, I think one of the issues that people have um, for reading their Bibles is they don't ever know when to start. I think I heard somebody say that once. Like well, there's st- starting is, uh, start, is, is a big issue. Like there's, there's a lot of Bible reading plans out there that you can get. A lot of them are free online. Um, there's books like, uh, like Charles Stanley's uh, um, Daily Devotional Bible or Daily Principles. Life Principles Daily Bible. Okay, it's, it's across the table there and it's upside down. So that just makes it a heck of a lot worse. Um, that's honestly that. John what, MacArthur also has a Daily Bible as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Uh, me and Ryan have uh, both copies of those, and we read them all the time, and it really, really helps. It, those books would definitely bless you. 
in ways that you never you never even would have thought possible. I didn't. I've definitely grown in my faith this past year by just reading that book every day. And another resource that I use a lot is um, uh, a resource from um, not only the study, uh, not only the MacArthur Study Bible and a couple other study Bibles that I use, uh, but if you really want in-depth study, I would highly, highly recommend uh, Leadership Ministries Worldwide Preachers Outline and Sermon Bible. Uh, that is uh, one of the best resources that I've seen that I've come across that um, Old Testament and New Testament that actually just it, it just breaks everything down for you. Uh, and it's easily understood. It, it's just so thorough in everything. So, it, and would highly recommend that uh, to to anybody. I mean, it's just, it's really it's easily understood, and it's written on a level for lay people as well as uh, as the past uh, pastorate or cler- clergy is what I was thinking of. Sorry. So really, you have no excuse. <laughs> But I think that'll, unless you disagree, I think that just about wraps up episode three. Yeah. I think we uh, we touched on the first commandment pretty well, pretty detailed. Like, I think. And again, any feedback is highly, highly uh, accepted and um, appreciated from anybody who hears the podcast. So. And you can do that by our email. Um, you can get us at uh, upside down one at startmail.com. That's the number one, not the word one. Uh, upside down one at startmail.com. And you can you can send us an email with questions or uh, questions, concerns, comments, feedback. Yeah, all of that. Just about. I think that covers it all. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, okay, in saying that, I think we can say we can log off here, say have a great week, and we will see you guys again, hopefully, very soon. Yes. Take care, guys. All right.